In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 327th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, we're just a little over two weeks away from the NFL draft. We're going to title this episode, Georgia's Trayvon Walker Climbing Up the Draft Boards. Yes, he is indeed. Uh, teams are in need of pass rushers. There are three at the top of the board, but we're going to focus on Trayvon Walker from the University of Georgia. He is a athletic nightmare. He's a big guy at six foot five, two hundred seventy-two pounds. He ran a four-point-five-one in the forty. That's why he's going up the draft boards here, here with a strong combine and pro day performances. And what impressed scouts the most is a big guy moving this fast, dropping in the coverage. They know he's going to make his money in the league coming off the edge. But, hey, you know, the more you can do, the better. They always say that about the NFL. So he had a 36-game career at the University of Georgia, a Super 11 from the AJC coming out of high school, was an accomplished basketball player also. But when you look around at everybody's latest mocks, hey, my guy Charles Davis has him number one overall going to Jacksonville. That'd be somewhat of a stunner, but he's not he's not the only one pushing Trayvon up on their mocks. Bucky Brooks covered him with the Packers, a scout and so forth. Uh, he's with the NFL Network now. He has him going second. Daniel Jeremiah, former NFL scout with the Ravens, has him going second. And then Chad Reuter has him going fourth. So, Trayvon's moving up the boards. We'll see if that uh, is true here. A lot of folks have Aiden Hutchinson going one. And maybe Kayvon Thibodeau going two. So, let's uh, look at these uh, edge rushers here. At the uh, top of the draft, Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan, six foot seven, two hundred sixty pounds, was second in the Heisman voting. But in the Orange Bowl against Georgia, uh, quite unimpressive. Four tackles, one for loss, zero sacks. Jamari Sawyer just had his way with him. It's videos out there where you know he's running him into the ground, and that that went back to a USA American game. They had a beef in that game where. Sawyer just dominated him. And Sawyer's going to be a guard in the NFL, so what is he going to do with left tackles? But anyway, he's number one. People think he's maybe at a ceiling, but he might be a steady baller in the league for 10 years. But, I mean, that's a red flags with him for me. He only had 3.5 sacks before last season when he erupted for 14.5 sacks. One of the people that he studies is T.J. Watt. That's your Aiden. Hutchinson recap. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau, six foot four, two hundred fifty-four, consensus All-American, 
The Detroit News reported on Monday that he's still in the hunt at number two for the Lions. They picked second, but there are questions about his effort and coachability. You know, um, confidence, he came off as confident, or is it arrogance? At the Senior Bowl, at the Combine, rather, when he was talking about his uh, issues. But in 2020, he had three sacks over seven games. And then uh, last year, he had seven sacks over 10 games in 2021. So let's go back to Walker and hear what he had to say about his game. Playing at the end, end at University of Georgia is very different because at University of Georgia, we play a lot of different defenses. And so, therefore, you can be scattered all out on the field from playing a five technique, a four-eye on the front. You play a three. You can, so you're really doing everything to just um, expand your resume. And it's really, it's really a good thing. There it is. That versatility is what is intriguing the NFL teams and may explain in part why he is moving up the draft board here. Now, Hutchinson, we want to um, discuss that uh, increase in his productivity last season. Here's what he had to say. The year that I had this year was something that I was thinking about for a very long time, and I, I, I always knew I had the ability to do it, but I think thanks to Coach Mack and the defense that he brought in and, and, and me just getting better as a football player. And at the combine, I was like, "Hey, you know, uh, or what? You know, I knew he didn't have too good of a playoff game. Bulldogs blew out the Wolverines, and, and so I wasn't trying to be mean or anything. But I, I wanted to know what happened. You know, you want to see your biggest players perform on the biggest stage, and um, you know, he had a couple garbage tackles in that game, pretty much. So, hey, explain the playoff game for us, Aiden. And when the teams are talking to you, they put that game on. No one asked about it. No." How do you feel you have performed in that game? And I thought I played well. I thought I, I did my job on, on a lot of the plays, but, you know, you can always do better. I mean, as players, we always strive to do better, and you always strive to make more plays. Well, yeah, okay, he was a little jumpy. But, yeah, he said he came back. He said he tried to do better. You know, he, he really couldn't stand by that. He played a great game in that game. He just didn't. So that's just where, where it is. But, it, you know, you got to be prepared to discuss those things. The team's going to ask him what happened in that game. Don't come to the media uh, and be all, you know, upset because we're going to ask you about something that may not have been pleasant for you. So he bounced back, so no big thing there. But Thibodeau, I don't know if this is, um, you know, uh, Jim Moore used to talk about competitive arrogance and so forth, and I'm not really sure where to put Kayvon at in that category, but, uh, you know, he talked about, coaches and how they should view him and let's hear from Kayvon on that well you know like you said I tell a coach that you know there's nothing he can tell me that I don't already know right and it's not because I'm, I'm honest with myself and I watch the tape right so if you're a student of the game you know what you can get better at and for me you're right I, I feel like sometimes I get stalemated sometimes I can I, I can't have a second or third move right I can't you know uh, continue my pass rushing and, and really finish through it and I, I feel like there were a couple sacks that was left out there because I kind of got stuck on blocks so just getting on blocks and kind of creating that you know that extra move to really you know finish through there's Kayvon admitting in public to getting stuck on blocks and that he might be a little bit, you know, the coaches can't tell him nothing because he knows already that he gets stuck on blocks. So I don't know how that's going to play with folks. And then there's the bigger issue is whether if he takes plays off. Now, if teams um think they can get through to him and get him to play, he's going to go high. He's going to go one or two. 
Uh, and then, you know, you got a situation where, hey, he's going to either take off and do it or, you know, he'll be uh, the next Dante Fowler on his third team, fourth team in uh, five years. So let's hear from Kayvon about his ability to take plays off. If that is an ability. Well, I feel like everyone has a job, you know, and, and for me, I feel like when, when you have a smart kid like me and you have a lot of positives, you know, that someone has to find the negative. So I don't really look too much into it. I, I know what I can do for a team. And even when, you know, we're breaking down film, I'm able to really talk about, you know, the ins and outs of the game. So I, I'm not really too worried about, you know, what people have to say as far as that, as long as the teams and I can kind of, you know, come to an understanding of who I am and, you know, how hard and, and the love I have for the game. Well, there it is. That's Kayvon. Uh, he says he's got love for the game and so forth. Uh, we're going to go a little bit further here, then take a break after the defensive tackles. Our position-by-position position series started today in the AJC.com. We, we're going offense first with the wide receivers. Uh, let me look at the whole list here. Um, running backs, tight ends, offensive line, and Sunday we'll do the quarterbacks. And uh, then next week, we'll do defensive line, linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties, and special teams. Our man Gabe Burns is helping out this year. He did the first wide receiver story. He'll be up next week with defensive line, linebackers, and cornerbacks. He went to the pro days at Georgia, and Georgia's got all the defensive linemen. Uh, he went to pro day at Georgia and has got the linebacker everybody wants to know about, Nicobe Ding, where is he going to go? And then he was at Auburn and Clemson for the cornerbacks, Booth and uh, McCready. So, uh, yeah, he'll be handling uh, a lot of the defense. I got the safeties, Kyle Hamilton and Brisker and all those folks, and uh, the special teamers with Jake Camardi uh, being our main guy there. Yeah, so we got our rankings, or at least our top five, our top ten at corner, top ten at – uh, we did the pass rushers extraordinaire because, uh, you know, that's always, uh, you know, the Falcons have been hitting and missing there for a while. But we are going to um, look at the defensive tackles first, and then we're going to toss to a break. Jordan Davis, UGA, is the top defensive tackle in the draft, 6'6", 341, followed by teammate Devontae Wyatt, 6'3", 307. Perion Winfrey, uh, Oklahoma. Travis Jones, UConn, 6'4", 326. And then Logan Hall at Houston. Those are going to be our, our top five tackles, defensive tackles rated for the 2020 NFL Draft. So with that, this is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. 
All right, so we got the tackles. We're going to go defensive end, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, cornerback, safety. And then we're going to hear from a couple new Atlanta Falcons. So um, we already touched on the top three defensive ends, Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau, however you want to mix that group up. But interestingly enough, uh, Jermaine Johnson, who started out at Georgia for um, – and ended up at Florida State. He's also, he's the number four rated pass rusher, defensive end. Uh, George Korloftis from Purdue. Boye Maffi from Minnesota is number five. And the Falcons interviewed all these guys up at the Combine, uh, you know, uh, looking for some help for the pass rush, which, you know, has been pretty dormant since the retirement of Jonathan Abraham. Oh, almost a decade ago now. <laughs> but uh, David Ajabu from Michigan, he's hurt, but is talented. If you can wait, he might be a good pick. Uh, Drake Johnson from USC is eight. Cam Thomas, keep an eye on him because he's got San Diego State ties with the Hoke brothers uh, for the Falcons. That might um, that might come into play. Kingsley, and I think it's. Injabare from South Carolina, but he's from Georgia. I got to learn how to say his last name, but Kingsley is one. And then I put uh, Mayan Sanders from UC in there too, another Georgia kid. Uh, but went a little long on the DNs because we know that's an area of concern for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the defensive end kind of affects the outside linebacker crew because you know, three, four teams want the big ends that could rush and drop. And the regular old school weak side linebacker that the four, three teams want, they just want to be fast and cover running backs. So it's a different model. So your strong safety type hybrid guy is being taken over by these little fast linebackers. And so it's not too many of them. But let's go to the inside linebackers. So a little surprise here. We have the uh, Utah kid ready to head in N'Kobe Dean. Devin Lloyd of Utah is one. N'Kobe Dean from UGA is uh, two. He's six foot, 225 pounds. And we got him two because scout from uh, NFC team told us that uh, he's like, well, hey, you know, it's okay if he's that small, but he's got to be able to cover the running backs and the tight ends. And they said he can do one of them. So, you know, that that's going to limit him with teams. And we took that to mean he can cover the running backs, not the big tight ends, which, you know, is a problem if you're playing uh, now. You know, if he's in the NFC, he's got to cover George Kittle. That's going to be a mismatch. You know, the kid up in Detroit, Hutchinson, he's coming on. Uh, you know, that's going to be a problem. So he's got to be in the right place at the right time for which type of team he's going to be with because he's got to play inside and he's going to be a little smaller, faster inside guy. Christian Harris from Alabama is number three, 6'2", 232. Chad Mooney from Wyoming, 6'3", 242. A couple other familiar names here, the dominating the linebacker uh, list. Quay Walker from Georgia and Channing Tindale from Georgia. Uh, Channing, 6'2", 230. Some people like him better than a lot of these other folks when you put on his tapes. But uh, you're going to be here in Georgia a lot during the draft. I haven't even got to the um, the safety. But uh, Georgia, you know, we, when we did the offense last week, he talk, we talked about Zamir White. Oh, and I'm going to double back to Zamir and James Cook. 
because I got them rated now. The mirror's going to go in the fourth. I got a six-round grade on James Cook. I'll be doing a running backs probably later day when I get off the phone. I'll get off the podcast here, not the phone. But um, Bryce Hall's number two. Kenny Walker's number three. Samir's in the top ten. James Cook didn't make the top ten. So uh, we'll address that in part two of our position-by-position series. So let's move on to the outside linebackers. Brian Asamoa, Oklahoma's one. And these are the small, fast guys like Deion Jones that could play, you know, maybe cover the slot receiver, maybe the running back, but not the tight end. Darion Beavers from uh, Cincinnati. Jacoby McClain from Auburn. And JoJo Dumas from Nebraska, 6'1", 330. So I don't think the Falcons are going to be busy in there. Uh, They'll be up front. They got to get people up front. And uh, certainly they could draft a cornerback first too. So let's go through that list of the cornerbacks. Uh, Stingley has um, had a pretty good pro day by all accounts. You know, folks were worried about his injury and the fact that, you know, that he hadn't really done much since 2019. That's Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU, 6'190". He's the second-rated cornerback in the draft for us. Uh, Armand Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, six foot three, one ninety, is number one. Trent McDuffie, Washington, 5'11", 193. Now I could change them before we get to them, and you know, we got time. But right now, this is how we have them listed on our AJC notepad. Uh, I do McDuffie, Trent McDuffie, Washington, 5'11, 193. And Andrew Booth, local kid from Clemson, 6'190. Some people think he might go higher. He might go in front of some of these other people. Because it's kind of like that CJ Henderson, AJ Terrell thing. Falcons like AJ Terrell better than CJ Henderson, even though CJ went first and, um, you know, uh, didn't work out in Jacksonville. He's already on the second team. Okay, you got Kair Elam from Florida, 6'2", 191. Kyler Gordon from Washington at 6'194. McCrary from Auburn, Roger McCrary, 6'193. Darion Kendrick from Georgia, 6'190. Um, I'm kind of torn because he just didn't do much at the Senior Bowl. Uh, but you can see the movement skills and so forth. Marcus Jones, Houston, 5'8", 190. I just saw him chasing a lot in um, in Mobile, and that's usually not a good sign if you're chasing the receivers a lot. Next one, the safeties. Our last group, the safeties. Of course, uh, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, 6'4", 220. I got a couple more calls to make. I want to know... Some people aren't bothered by the 4.5940 at the combine and then the 4.7 at his pro day. Other people are. So, you know, maybe he slips to the Falcons, maybe he doesn't. But we got to get a better handle on what that speed and his tape, you got to weigh the football speed versus those 40-yard dash times. And somebody's going to end up with a good football player, you know, at that safety position. But it's some other uh, 
Ooh, it's some other safeties that uh, I've been doing some work on them that are very, very interesting. We got our our fifth and sixth safeties may go two and three because uh, these other guys are rated ahead of them now. I might move my guys up. Lewis Seam from Georgia, I got him four. He might go ahead of Jalen Petrie from Baylor and Doxton Hill from Michigan because uh, Seam's got better range than those guys. Those guys are thumpers now. They'll hit, but Seen will hit and can cover, and he's got a lot of range. He can play single high and get to both sidelines. Uh, he's got the range of uh, Hamilton, too. So he's going to probably go higher than we have him, but um, I might have to make an adjustment. I got time left to do that. Jaquan Brisker, another thumper from Penn State, uh, started at Lackawanna Community College. Big time baller right there. So he is uh, one to keep an eye on. And then Herb Joseph from Illinois, Brian Cook from Cincinnati, and Nick Cross from Maryland. Mitch, six foot 215 guy that really uh, laid the wood on you. And uh, I love the safeties, uh, you know, that come up and hit people and so forth. Uh, last line of defense has got to be there back there with some authority. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, signed a few new players and so forth uh, this offseason. And uh, we have uh, we've heard from some of them periodically. But we all know this one uh, player here, Lorenzo Carter, former Norcross High Star. Uh, used to go see him play with Alvin Kamara and that whole crew when they won the state championship. Went to Georgia, had a good four or five years with the New York Giants. And is coming home to play for the Atlanta Falcons. Let's hear from Lorenzo Carter, outside linebacker, Atlanta Falcons. It's big time. Kind of crazy process, free agency, but to have a chance to come home and play for the home team, uh, it's, it's an honor, it's a blessing, and I'm excited to get out there and get to work. Hey, and uh, Coach uh, Coach Arthur said, hey, you know, some of the things you all were doing uh, with the Giants is uh, similar to, to what they they do here. Did you kind of see that? And was that a factor in your decision to um, sign with the Falcons? Of course. I think it would be a good, it's a good fit. Coach Pease, he does a good job um, sending pressure, having guys be versatile, coming off the edges. So I think it was just a good fit and a great situation, and I'm just excited. All right. Lorenzo Carter, uh, with him and Arde Ogunder J, they got to be considered the one and two uh, outside linebackers before the Falcons draft somebody, and uh, I'm sure they're going to. Just a matter of uh, what round they're going to draft them in. They got a, a Gunder J in five last year, and they're treating him like he's, uh, you know, he played a lot of snaps last year. They like the way he moves and so forth. So maybe they find another kid here. If, if they don't use the first-round pick on one, maybe you come with a Sanders or Cam Thomas from San Diego State, Drake Jackson, you know, maybe you take a job and let him rest and get healed up for a year. But uh, they definitely got to do something with the pass rush. It's been an ongoing problem. And uh, Coach Ted Monticino wants some people to develop, and he'll get his opportunity here, I'm pretty sure, April the 28th through the 30th during the NFL draft. Well, there'll be uh, – Falcons have nine picks – in the draft, so, uh, you know, we'll come back and run those down for you at a later date. But let's also hear from new linemen 
Elijah Wilkinson and why he picked the Atlanta Falcons. Kind of a new new opportunity, just a fresh start, uh, warmer weather, uh, just, you know, playing in the dome. You know, it gets cold at times, you know, where I was at in Chicago. So um, that's a plus. So it was a lot of things. You know, I got family in Georgia. Um, so there's a, there's a couple things that made it more attractive. Yeah, there it is, Elijah Wilkerson. We also asked him about, hey, why are so many Chicago Bears coming here? <laughs> it's like five or six of them uh, off of the Bears. Demir Brown, uh, Damian Williams, you know, Corderell came last year, Patterson. But it's clearly um, a lot of the coaches are from Chicago. We're with the Bears. Ryan Pace, their GM, is here now. Ryan was uh, with Terry Fontenot in New Orleans. So, you know, they, they're taking players that they have knowledge of that could fit their system, that'll come in and work and so forth. I was looking at the free agency tracker and uh, comparing it to last year because, you know, it's the same situation. They don't have a lot of money, but they got to bring in players. And so, um, you know, it looks to me, and, you know, Damian Williams is probably an upgrade at running back. That's going to help them. Uh, the three guys at wide receiver, Corderell, Hodge, Arden Tate, and uh, Demir Bird have all played a little bit. You know, there nobody's claiming anybody's Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley there, but it's an upgrade from Christian Blake and, and some of the guys that they've had in the past. And then Alameda Zacchaeus is there. Certainly Lorenzo Carter, if he can go get the same 4.5 sacks that Fowler got, you at least hold that uh, there. But Lorenzo, I think, may be at home and may be able to, to do a little bit more than that. Uh, at linebacker, you got Rasheed Evans instead of Foyer. Now, we all know Rasheed from Alabama. He had 111 tackles his second year in Tennessee. And, you know, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, which allowed him to be a free agent. They didn't have to pay him a lot of money, so we. Um, but as far as a motivated guy that'll have a chance to be on the field and get some tackles, uh, Rashid Evans is a, a good pickup. Also, Casey Hayward at 32, if he can hold up, which you know, you know, sometimes you get uh, mother time, father time catches up with everybody. Uh, but if Casey can come in and hold up the other side of AJ Terrell then all of a sudden you don't have a receiver running free on third down all season like we saw last year. And, uh, you know, Fabian Monroe was a good tackler and so forth. But, you know, he was a tough kid. But, you know, they saw the need to upgrade there. So I, that looks like an upgrade there. So at safety, the key is Richie Grant. Can he take over at strong safety? They didn't resign Deron Harmon, who spent a lot of time with Richie after practice. Maybe, um, you know, he can come back and help him through training camp. I don't think he signed with anybody else. But Eric Harris is back to help Jalen Hawkins and maybe not play, but help Jalen Hawkins get ready. Then you got Isaiah Oliver back, coming back from his uh, knee injury. So you got Isaiah at nickel, Casey Hayward at right, uh, A.J. Terrell at left, and Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant at safety. That doesn't look so bad. That looks like upgrades if, you know, Richie Grant can come through. And if Richie can't, then, um, you know, one or the other uh, strong safeties could have to will have to step up. Or you put Eric Harris in there. 
And so at linebacker, you're looking at uh, Lorenzo Carter, Agunda J, Rashard Evans, and Deion Jones. Okay, that might work. And then um, on the line, you see you still need, you know, is Graham and Grady going to work? Do you need uh, Anthony Rush is a big guy in there. They got rid of Tyler Davidson uh, and so forth. Bullard wasn't brought back. So you still kind of like on the front end of the 3-4 defense. So that's why Nate Davis makes so much sense to me, but I don't know if you do him at eight. But, uh, yeah, they got good tougher up front on the defensive side of the ball, but – uh, as free agency is over, you can see where the holes are on the team. On the defense, they're up front. On the offense, it's that line. They still haven't fixed the line. Uh, you don't. You can add a running back, and you can see that, you know, yeah, they signed three veteran receivers, but they're not going to play with, with those, you know. They, they got to get uh, somebody that can make some plays. And just doing the top ten wide receivers yesterday, uh, and that's online right now. Uh, I started thinking, man, this uh, Trayvon Burks from Arkansas sounds like the the, the man. Um, Trayvon, they compared him to A.J. Brown. So if they see that, if Arthur Smith sees that in Burks, and he wants what he calls yackers, guys after the catch. Garrett Wilson's one, and then the next best one is uh, is Burks. He's a guy that played in high school with a broken wrist and a, and a cast, one of them tough kids like that. So he said, I could run it, I could catch it, I'll block it. And, and that sounds like the attitude of, you know, a guy that the Falcons might like. So I don't know if you take him at eight, but uh, Trayvon Burks, if, if Coach Arthur Smith thinks he's like A.J. Brown, he might fall in love with him and, and bang the table for him. So it's going to be interesting, but we are – in the midst of our position-by-position drills, it'll be out there online for you every day. I just ran down the positions for you. We're real excited about it. We've been gathering information from uh, scouts since the combine, uh, since the senior bowl, combine, and uh, right up through the pro days. We went to uh, Gabe and myself. I, I did Alabama, but Gabe was in there at the main stops for us in the SEC this year. We even thought about going up to Cincinnati uh, and LSU, but we didn't make those trips this year. But we'll have that information for you in AJC and AJC.com. Hopefully you have your digital subscriptions, and uh, you can certainly go and get your, get your newspaper delivered also. So with that, we're going to depart. From the 327th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, please enjoy our position-by-position coverage, and we will see you next week. Take care and have a great rest of your week.